Hey, welcome to Sunshine and Rainbows Podcast, a space where we talk about moments when life isn't. I'm your host, Manda, and I cannot wait to get started on our next topic, all about imposter syndrome. You might want to buckle up because this one is a doozy. So I have been putting off writing and recording this episode for the very exact reason that it was the second most requested topic for me to discuss. Yes, imposter syndrome. I honestly feel like I have nothing of value to add to this conversation, mostly because I myself struggle with it so much and have no idea how to fix it. I struggle on the daily of feeling invalidated and the biggest imposter around. Almost hourly, daily, weekly, and monthly, I'm questioning myself, my work, and what I put out into the world as if it's worthy or good enough. At first, I thought this was because I'm an incredibly high-functioning perfectionist. When I'm creating something, it isn't until the fourth draft that I begin to actually like it. I know it's finished once I hate it. (laughs) It's so strange, right? But that's my process. What's funny though is at the same time, I am an incredibly confident woman. I take up space. I command attention knowingly. I make my presence known. And I rarely get nervous talking in front of large crowds. I actually thrive on those nervous endorphins. But when I experience imposter syndrome, it's literally the millisecond before I hit go on something new. I've done all the hard work, the research, I've put in all the effort, but the second before it launches, I get slammed with, oh my God, what have I done moment. A, everyone is going to see this and know that I have no idea what I'm doing. And even though I've literally done everything I can to back it up, my credibility is just going out the window. What the heck? Why does that happen? And why on earth when I ask Kev if he can relate, he says no. Like, the man said no to me. He said, what are you talking about? What do you mean imposter syndrome? So, naturally, I decided to dive into some research online about it. And buckle up, pals, I have found some juicy things. Imposter syndrome, also known as imposter phenomenon, imposterism, fraud syndrome, or the imposter experience, is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments, and has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, those experiencing this phenomenon remain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve all that they have achieved. Individuals with imposterism incorrectly attribute their success to luck or interpreted as a result of deceiving others into thinking they are more intelligent than they perceive themselves to be. The term imposter phenomenon was introduced in 1978 in the article, The Imposter Phenomenon in High Achieving Women, Dynamics and Therapeutic Intervention by Dr. Pauline R. Clance and Dr. Suzanne A. Amez. Clance and Amez defined imposter phenomenon as an individual experience of self-perceived intellectual phoniness or fraud. The researchers investigated the prevalence of this internal experience by interviewing a sample of 150 high-achieving women. 
All of the participants had been formally recognized for their professional excellence by colleagues and had displayed academic achievement through degrees earned and standardized test scores. Despite the consistent evidence of external validation, these women lacked the internal acknowledgement of their accomplishments. The participants explained how their success was a result of luck and others simply overestimating their intelligence and abilities. Clance and Amez believed that this mental framework for imposter phenomenon developed from factors such as gender stereotypes, early family dynamics, culture, and attribution style. The researchers determined that the women who experienced imposter phenomenon showcased symptoms related to depression, generalized anxiety, and low self-confidence. Studies also suggest that more than 70% of people experience the imposter syndrome at some point in their career. After reading that research and those articles, I then went down the rabbit hole to realize that there are actually five types of imposter syndrome that plague most people. The first one is the perfectionist. So these are high performers who pride themselves on producing the highest caliber of work. They tend to micromanage and have a hard time delegating. The perfectionist has to be the one to do things because they fear that things will not be done well if they are not involved. The expert. These kinds of people feel like they've tricked their way into their position and that they don't deserve it at all. The rugged individual or the soloist. These kinds of people don't like asking for help. They pride themselves on holding the weight of the company on their shoulders and don't want to look incapable by asking for assistance. The superwoman or superman. This is a person with a can-do attitude who is prone to pushing themselves way past their limits. These kinds of people feel the need to prove themselves and feel like they constantly need to earn their stripes. Lastly, the natural genius. This person has genetics on their side. They are naturally smart and talented, but have a difficulty facing challenges out of their expertise because it makes them feel stupid. So again, do you think you're the only one? I get it. I did too. After scouring the internet into an imposter syndrome hole, I spiraled into reading a multitude of articles and quotes about notable people who have admitted to struggling with this very subject. And honestly, every single one surprised me. So I'm going to read them to you and I want you to tell me if they surprise you too. Award-winning author Maya Angelou Actress and activist Emma Watson Singer, songwriter, and actress Lady Freaking Gaga Actor and producer Tom Hanks CEO of Starbucks Howard Schultz And this one, this one takes the cake for me Lawyer, writer, philanthropist, and former first lady Michelle Obama. All right. So I'm going to give you a moment to let that sink in. All of those names, all of those names that I read, I wouldn't have believed. How on earth do they struggle with imposter syndrome when we so clearly see 
their work in our culture that they have provided. I'm going to give you a moment here. Stop what you are doing right now. Just stop. And listen and watch Queen Michelle Obama explain imposter syndrome more eloquently than anyone ever could. I'm serious. I'll wait. Go to the episode notes and click the link titled Michelle Obama imposter syndrome video. I'm still waiting. I'm serious. You really need to watch this video. I will be here. I promise. Okay. I'm assuming that you either stopped and watched it or you're lying. Whatever your loss. If you watched the video, did your jaw drop like mine did? Were you, as the youth say, shook? Now that we've established what imposter syndrome is and that literally some of the most successful people in our culture have also experienced it, how do we go about fixing it in our own lives? Now, I found another incredible TED Talk from Lou Solomon, which I will link for you, that really helped narrow down some actionable steps in order to begin the work to unlearn the messages put in our head and how we can start getting diverse experiences, ideas, and views out into the world in the next generation. Friends, we need to break the silence. I personally know that shame keeps me from fessing up about my fraudulent feelings, but knowing there's a name for these feelings and that I am not alone is so tremendously freeing. I'd like to note that it's important to realize that the people who don't suffer from imposter syndrome are not more or less intelligent. They just think different thoughts and have different beliefs about themselves. So if we can change our thoughts and our internal beliefs, we can break through our feelings of imposter syndrome. Remember that you can't be an expert in every area. You have to let yourself off the hook and realize that unattainable expectations on yourself are just unrealistic. Let go of the pressure that you're putting on yourself to be great at everything. All right, let's recap. So we've defined imposter syndrome. We've identified that prominent people in our society and culture really truly suffer from it. But how do we fix it? Next, I'm going to share with you 10 tips from Dr. Valerie Young to help overcome and start problem solving through imposter syndrome. So here we go. Number one, separate feelings from fact. There are times you will feel stupid. It happens to everyone from time to time, but realize that just because you may feel stupid, you aren't. It's a learning process. Two, Recognize when you should feel fraudulent. A sense of belonging fosters confidence. If you're the only or one of a few people in a meeting, classroom, field, or workplace who look or sound like you are much older or younger, then it's only natural you'd sometimes feel like you don't fit in. Plus, if you're the first woman, person of color, or person with a disability to achieve something in your world, for example, first VP, astronaut, judge, supervisor, firefighter, honoree, etc. There's that added pressure to represent your entire group. Instead of taking your self-doubt as a sign of your ineptness, 
recognize that it might be a normal response to being on the receiving end of social stereotypes about competence and intelligence. Three, accentuate the positive. The good news is that being a perfectionist means you care deeply about the quality of your work. The key is to continue to strive for excellence when it matters most, but don't persevere over routine tasks and forgive yourself when the inevitable mistake happens. Four, develop a healthy response to failure and mistake-making. Henry Ford once said, failure is the only opportunity to begin again more intelligently. Instead of beating yourself up for falling short, do what players on the losing sports team do and glean the learning value from the loss to move on and remind yourself, hey, I'll get him next time. Number five, rewrite the rules. If you've been operating under misguided rules like, I should always know the answer or never ask for help, start asserting your rights. Recognize that you have just as much right as a person next to you to be wrong, have an off day, or ask for assistance. Six, develop a new script. Become consciously aware of the conversation going on in your head when you're in a situation that triggers your imposter feelings. This is your internal script. Then instead of thinking, wait till they find out, I have no idea what I'm doing. Tell yourself, everyone who starts something new feels off base in the beginning. I may not know all the answers, but I'm smart enough to figure it out. Instead of looking around the room and thinking, oh my God, everyone here is brilliant and I'm not. Go with, wow, everyone here is brilliant. I'm going to learn so much. Seven, visualize success. Do what professional athletes do. Spend time beforehand picturing yourself making a successful presentation or calmly posing your question in class. It sure beats picturing impending doom and will help performance-related stress. Number eight, reward yourself. Break the cycle of continually seeking and then dismissing validation outside of yourself by learning to just pat yourself on the back. Nine, fake it till you make it. Now and then we all have to fly by the seat of our pants. Instead of considering winging it as proof of your ineptness, learn to do what many high achievers do and view it as a skill. The point of this worn out phase, fake it till you make it, still stands. Don't wait until you feel confident to start putting yourself out there. Courage comes from taking risks. Change your behavior first and then allow your confidence to build. And finally 10, break the silence. Tell someone what you're feeling, share your experiences, because the more you talk about it, the less scary it becomes. So pals, it's important to remember that the imposter syndrome doesn't just disappear when you've reached your goals or achieved success. In fact, you just feel like a bigger fraud and that you have to work harder so people don't catch you out. It's a scary place to be because your success makes the fear of failing so much more threatening. In order to effectively deal with and break the cycle of imposter syndrome, you have to go deep. You have to dig up your beliefs about yourself and look at how your family and tribe perceive you versus how you perceive yourself. Look, 
I feel you. Easier said than done, right? But I'm hoping that after sharing a little bit about imposter syndrome, giving you a history behind it, and helping you realize that so many people struggle with it, we can begin to start the conversation together. That's all I want. I want the conversation started. So I hope that you'll commit, just like me, to start talking about your fears. Start talking about the moments you feel like an imposter. Because I guarantee you, your friends and family don't see you that way. And you shouldn't either. We should be our own biggest fans. So I'm challenging you this week. Talk about your imposter feelings to a trusted person. Whether it's your mom, your spouse, your partner, your friend, your dog. Just say the words out loud. And you know what? You might find that they're struggling too. All right, pals, you demanded. I'm listening. You're about to hear Kev's first segment on the podcast. We are celebrating episode five in a huge way. And who? grab a drink, pull up a chair, because I have no idea what's about to happen. I'm giving you an out. If you're not interested in anything he has to say, dear Lord, please do not hold it against me. I am married to him, but he has no control over this podcast. That being said, before you go, please subscribe, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Honestly, tell anyone that will listen to you that you're enjoying what you're hearing here. That helps me out so much and it helps me create more amazing episodes that you want to hear. As always, you can follow me on social media at That Manda Girl or Sunshine and Rainbows Pod. Until next time. gonna sing or are you gonna talk well oh do i have to talk now yeah oh (laughs) i thought it ended no perfect (laughs) well this is a great introduction to the first sub-series episode one chapter d paragraph four of what are we gonna call this random with kev all right so what we're gonna do is i have picked a random number thank you excel between zero and uh, five digits of nine And what we're doing is we are finding zip codes and I'm gonna tell you the current weather report and an interesting fact about the zip code as we explore the United States together through this 743,000 sub-series episodes. All right, and our first one is Maricopa, Arizona. Uh, Our number was 85188. Fun fact, Amanda just came back from Arizona. Um, and yes, this is this is not near Snowflake, Arizona. Well, sort of. Depends on what you call near. The current weather is 87 degrees and sunny. Uh, Friday, our temperatures are a high of 96 with a low of 71 degrees. Uh, look out, all you fun kids. You're going to have a fun weekend. Saturday, Sunday, we have highs in the 90s, low 90s, 92, 94, with lows in the 67s. Watch out for them rattlesnakes. They'll come at you. Make sure you wear your boots and you keep your snack stick near. Now, Maricopa, Arizona 
per the Google Internet, is a population of 33,633. Population density is 454 people per square mile. Not really sure what that means or why we care. Um, housing units, I don't know if we care about that either. Land area, 74 square miles. Um, and it looks like it's, it's, it's a hopping place to be, yo. So if you ever get the chance to head on over to 85188, Maricopa County, Arizona, send them our love. Peace. Is <laughs> that good? Did I do well? Oh my god. Alright. Why? Why not? Stay tuned to next week's episode.